0: Welcome to The Two Tones, starring one Tony DeBolfo. Greetings, Tony Hasby. Oh, very well, thanks. And myself, Tony Moclair. It is episode, let's see if we can get this one, Club Historian. <laughs> episode well, Jim Marchbank.
1: <laughs> that's a most astute call of yours, Tony. Jim Marchbank, in fact, was the first wearer. Of the number ten, two-time premiership player, of course, Jim Marchbank wow. wore the Guernsey for the first time in a one and one-only senior game in 1911. He played a few more games and yeah. in the days when numbers weren't available, but Jim Marchbank, of course, is the brother of Caleb Marchbank's great-grandfather. If so, you don't what mind. a lovely link that is! Yeah, and of course, if you go down through the through the uh, the annals of Carlton history, you'll see. The name Paddy O'Brien. There, uh, Paddy was a, a you know a hundred game player for the Blues, um, uh, a Premiership player for Carlton as well, and. Uh, um a man for whom the number was kept for Mick Martin when mm. Mick Martin ventured across from Arden Street mm. in a less than <laughs> <laughs>
0: favourable circumstances. <laughs> Don't we fondly recall those no, we, days? No, no, we do. Yes. Um, but Mick,
1: Mick did wore Paddy's number 10 into his appearances at the Carlton Football Club. And, of course, another famous player to wear number 10 was Freddie Stafford, the oh, man... Yeah. The man who sunk Essendon with uh, the, the the snap goal in the dying seconds of the forty seven grand final oh well, his he, name
0: shall liveth forevermore forevermore yes. uh, a,
1: a man that lived uh, lived in neighboring Fenwick street couldn 't have got more uh, true blue than than yeah. Freddie used to walk uh, to the ground, and I always remember him saying tone uh, the night after the night they won the flag they uh, they opened a uh, barrel here at the club Yeah, had a, a thoroughly enjoyable time, came back on the Sunday morning, finished off the barrel <laughs> and then hit the long necks. Uh, that was about the strength the, of it. But can you yeah. Im- imagine if Fred Stafford had kicked a, a goal to sink Essendon by a point in mm-hmm. a grand final in this day and age? You'd
0: uh, you'd give him the keys to the City of Carbon, wouldn't you? I tell you, they'd name the ground after him <laughs> and that and so much more. A um, couple of other names in the number yes. 10 before we get to, down to business – um, you may remember, well, bargain bears, of course, Barry Mitchell, whose yeah. former I was like. I was, I was liked watching him play. Yes. And ha- how's this for a, a Carlton trivia night question? Um, Sean Charles, from Sean Melbourne.
1: Charles, Sean Charles, a, a, a fantastic footballer, a, an immensely skilled player. Nineteen ninety-eight, yes. The way. Who, who broke his leg in that one and only appearance for the Carlton Football Club, and it effectively stymied his career. Mm. But he was an excitement machine. I remember. I remember he and uh, David Schwartz single-handedly torpedoing torpedoing Carlton in a a Mm. final. Uh, Was that 94? I I don't know what year that was off the top. But he was a a great player. It was just such an unfortunate set of circumstances that his career at Carlton ended before it had effectively begun. Well,
0: we can talk unfortunate sets of circumstances, um, and they are the trip to... uh, uh, Subiaco Yes um, On the weekend Let's um, Let's have a look At that game Tony DiBolfo uh, Frio uh, 86 Carlton Well hang on Final score 13-8 86 to Carlton 7-9-51 the Wet s- soggy conditions Wet soggy conditions the Blues I, came out Brilliantly in the they first They did They did indeed Tony It was uh, You know uh,
1: I'd certainly Got out of a chair A couple of times In that opening quarter When uh, the assault was on I, I think Carlton had you know, the ball 25 times before Freo had laid a finger on it. And it all started with Matthew Cruiser, who mm. was imperious yeah. in the rack against uh, the Man Mountain, you know, Sandalids. He's a great player. Yeah. And there were a couple of missed opportunities in that, you know, that first term that probably should have given the away team a five or six-goal break. Yeah. As it was. Especially wasn't? in the wet. In you know, the wet. That's, in uh, the wet,
0: too. You know, where every goal is, you know, depending like, on how rainy it is, it, it can be the equivalent of two on a dry day. Well, that's right. And had those goals been kicked, you know, Fremantle would have
1: been mm. playing catch-up and the result may have been different. However, uh, Fremantle worked its way back into the game. I guess it was always to be expected. And unfortunately, um, a couple of things went against us. Um, you know, we just saw um, uh, Sam Rowe hobble past the uh, the media centre here a moment ago, Tony, and uh, unfortunately, his season has been put to bed. Um, the legacy of that that unfortunate knee injury. And uh, I was thinking about Sam Rowe, um, what, what a you know an underrated player he actually is, because you know, with the exception of Tom Lynch, getting away a little bit when we when Carlton met the Suns. Yeah he's basically been miserly in the way he's uh, handled his opponents. You know, um, you know, you think of Jack Revolt and um, Joe Dennehur mm-hmm. and um, all these players that really struggled to hit the scoreboard playing on him. And, um, you know, the, the great success story of 2017, of course, has been the, the defensive core of that group of players that are leading the way up the back. So the loss of Sam Rowe is obviously going to have a, a major impact on, on how Carlton sets up from here on in.
0: Yes, it is. It's um, <coughs> uh, it's not a positive development. Other injuries from the game. Um, yep. uh, blurred vision. Um, apparently not only from Daisy, but sometimes the umpires. I won't dwell on that. <laughs> um. Well, we lost Dale, that's right, in the yeah. course of the game. So we were two down. And, uh, you know, unfortunately, Freo
1: got a run on, uh, and then the rains hit. And so, yeah. we, we, you know, we were always up against it. I thought the team battled on... Nobly and really what is it in the finish? Thirty-five points? But it yeah. didn't seem that much. I thought that was a pretty hard fought contest. Yeah. I, I I do believe that Carlton, as in most of his showings this year, was incredibly honest mm. in the way that it performed. So again, you know, Brendan Bolton has said, Tony, that you t- you learn a lot from from the losses and I'm sure that Carlton will have come away having learned plenty from the experience against a team that seems to be on the rise in Frio. Yeah. They've um, they're really stringing some games together now. and um, They're looking the goods uh, in what can only be described as a bizarre season in totality.
0: It really is. A, um, and a really compelling season, you've got to say, it in is. terms of results and, it, it, and just it is the whole indeed. drama of the thing. Um, Mark Murphy comes back after the St Kilda game in the week of, um, oh. you know... Uh, Dreadful sledging yes. uh, at the hands of St Kilda, yes. which they offered uh, the most qualified apology possible. Anyway, let's not dwell on that. But then, you know, backs up and again those sublime skills. He's being tackled in the wet and still kicks a goal. What there, a pro! Did you see that? What a total pro! Unbelievable. And, and I,
1: when I saw that happen, I my reaction was the poor bastard's been crunched here, <laughs> and then the next minute you see the 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 two th- thumbs go up. Um, goal from nothing Yeah and, I mean You know there There is such a thing As a captain's goal And, mm. I, and I think Goals like that uh, Really lift the team And uh, Mark Murphy he, He's taken all before In this year You know He's got his body right He's come off a You know An un, injury un, Uninterrupted Pre-season mm. And um, As the coach predicted He's really taken all before Even been a great player For the football club And leading the way yeah. as, as a good captain should So all power to Murph
0: now um, we're just going to mention a couple of other notable performances. Cruz in the first half of the game was dominant. Um, he's up against one of the best ruckmen in the league. Yes, um, but did a great job. He did.
1: You know, you, you could see um, again. He's a player that's injury free, so you know you've got half a chance mm. with that with that fitness base behind you. But um, it, it seemed to me, Tane, that Cruz had really primed himself for that contest against Sandlin. He's probably still the best ruckman in, in the competition. Mm. And uh, I can remember um, Ken Hands telling me a story of how Big Nick used to prime himself for those games against Polly Farmer whenever Carlton met Geelong. Mm. And he said it probably took um, Nick a week or maybe two to recover from that because he really got himself up for that contest. Yeah. And Nick actually said to me not so long ago that um, that Farmer was one of the first ruckmen to jump early. And um, most of the ruckmen in the competition at that time thought he was actually cheating. But when the umpire didn't call him for jumping early... Yeah. Opposition ruckman realised they had to counter it. And he said, my best way of countering that was to jump earlier again. Yeah. And so, you know, you had body on body. And and I think, um, you know, those titanic struggles left both men pretty pretty much spent for a week or two after the contest. And uh, I only wish I could have seen Nichols and Farmer head to head. It would have been one of the great contests. But that was how I saw Cruz's performance. I think, to be fair... um, Sandlands did uh, rest control after that early, um, you know, that early period of the game. It became a pretty effective uh, play for for the Dockers. So um, you know, it just goes to show the influence that both big men had. Cruiser certainly on his team showing early, yeah. You know, uh, Sandlands later on as the game went on. So um, it was great to see them both in action.
0: Um, now <clears throat> Levi Casbold can we? I think we need to clear this up. The shaving of the beard, did that have any impact on the outcome... Of the game was that something advised by Sav Rocker? Do you think <laughs> what? what? And 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 can I uh, add a supplementary? Yes, does maybe Jack Silvani need to spend a, a bit of time with Sav?
1: Oh, oh do you and think just think in just terms of yeah, the conversion a of set bit. shots? Yeah, Look, I, I think. Um, well, they're making excuses for the kid. I think there was a, a bit of a difficulty to the right of screen. It seemed to be you know the the conditions seemed to be a bit difficult for the players to um, to counter, and um, uh, so I, you know I don't want to make excuses. But those, shall we say, those shots that Jack missed were eminently gettable. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's probably um, something I'm sure they'll work on, you know, on the track as they invariably do. Mm. Um, you would have loved to have seen them sailed through, and who knows what might have been. Had those, the Kicks for Goals sailed through, um, yeah. as I said earlier, it might have been a different story, and it would have been perhaps harder for Fremantle to mount that recovery.
0: Yes, I think it was a game rich with alternative potential yes. outcomes. But the, the lack of beard on the big bloke, it did yeah.
1: throw me a bit. I had to look twice Yeah, who the hell that actually was. But um, you and, think
0: uh, look, you, my wife I, commented he, she she did prefer <laughs> Levi's son's beard. So <laughs> really? okay. for, what's that, for what well, that's worth. The, the women have spoken. Um, so now uh, what do we know about Dale Thomas's, um recovery? Will he be well, up for selection? <laughs> Well, we,
1: we, we believe that um, it's not too serious. I mean, it was enough to t- put him out of the contest. And again, we were two down, so we're playing catch up there. But um, a bit of a shame for for Dale too. Slide that magnificent goal, yes, uh, early was a in the early ripper, you know. And uh, I think after you know that that um, stellar performance in the twos, and then to back it up against Collingwood, yeah, it was real a real shame that you know uh, he suffered that little setback. Um, in In Perth at the weekend, because I think he 's just starting to yeah. string a bit of form together i yeah. 'm um, reliably informed that the, the you know the injury isn 't too serious, so we would expect him to take his place for the north game and um, which is a great thing because mm. I, I do think that um, you know slowly but surely we 're starting to see some real signs that Dale Thomas can mm-hmm. contribute to the cause of this team going forward so yeah
0: well that that fantastic set shot goal from the forward pocket on a. Uh, hot, wet, uh, sorry, not hot, but wet, you know, wet day. And he had the, I don't know, the characteristic kind of uh, goal celebration afterwards that reminded all of us of him and his best form. Oh,
1: absolutely. And, you know, the thing with, with um, Daisy is his creativity and his uh, his um, ingenuity, you know, particularly around goals where he can sort of craft something out of nothing. Uh, and we need that at the moment. We, mm. ju- we need flair and finesse and um, just someone to pop them through at the... Uh, uh, in front of the teeth of goal. So um, let's hope he's right to go against North. I think he will be.
0: Now, um, just before we get to your votes, Tony, I just want to ask about Sam Doherty, who had the the bandaged head—he looked kind of like one of those cliched things from a movie fifty years ago, where somebody had a toothache. Yes, it was it for some yeah, reason wrapped there?
1: Yes, yes. All that was missing That's was the
0: little, the little ribbon bow, at the top. Yeah. Is you know. he all right? I think he's all
1: right. And uh, in fact, it was, um, it was it was sort of there was a, a Fremantle player that also was mummified. I don't know if you saw that. He had the mm. the the bandage under the nose. Oh, and I, saw, yeah. I can't imagine how you'd be able to play sporting, you know, bandage under your nose. Mm. So you're having difficulty breathing. I mean, it's hard enough when you're busting a your gut. Yeah. But to actually have your, you know, your nasal cavities um, covered, I don't, I don't know how you could possibly um, play with any, any real effect. But I don't know what happened to Sam there. I don't know whether that was friendly fire or, or how he got the knock. But, mm. um, But, you know, he's... He's f- as fearless and ferocious a player as I've seen in a long time, and it didn't seem to worry him. He just got on with it. And um, what a player he has been for Carlton.
0: Indeed. He's uh, um, a stellar year, another stellar year. Yes. Now, we should uh, we should get your votes, Tone. The three votes uh, for Carlton's 35-point loss to Fremantle in Subiaco yes. last Sunday.
1: Well I, well, I will qualify this, Tony, by saying that I've overlooked Matt Cruiser. as good as he was in that first quarter. I just felt that, um, you know, that... Sandler's held sway Mm. You know When when it mattered uh, Later in the contest It was a very good play, So I couldn't give Matty a a vote However I did give Patrick Cripps one vote I I think he's been Extremely brave this year You know Given the physical You know uh, Setbacks he's had Two to the man we've just spoken of, uh, Sam Doherty, a tearaway footballer who um, takes all before him, knows no fear, and um, we're just lucky to have him.
0: And Uh, as a former winner, with the inaugural inaugural winner of the the, the
1: Tones player, and and not doing his cause any harm for back to back, I might say. Quietly. And three votes to the skipper, uh, Mark Murphy, I think. Magnificent. uh, Magnificent, as you say, Tone, came back after a pretty traumatic. Uh, Week it has to be said, and really took all
0: before him and and led the way like a good captain should. Yeah, magnificent. All right, well, thank you for that, Tone. We're going to um, preview uh, next week's game, which as we as we know, uh, round ten Carlton versus North Melbourne or the Kangaroos, Sunday twenty eighth of May at Eddie Head Stadium. At uh, three twenty, yes. Um, Eddie had has not been a happy hunting ground for the Carlton Football Club this year. No, it has not. And in North Melbourne, we get a team that you know Is on a roll after a, a
1: meritorious victory over Melbourne, yeah, at MCG last week. Yeah, um, no doubt, uh, Mr. Waite will um, um, mm. will be there uh, for the team formerly known as <laughs> <laughs> Um So it'll be interesting to see. I mean, this is a great challenge for for Carlton. I mean, North. You know, I'm sure. Um, you know would be considered a you know bona fide bona fides finals aspirant. Um, so it's an enormous test for the team. But, you know, have every confidence the way uh, the players have approached each challenge this year, mm. with the notable exception of Port Adelaide, yeah. that, the, that they're going to acquit themselves well. So um, I, like you, Tony, and all the players here at are, um, are eagerly anticipating uh, Sunday's affair.
0: Yes. Um, look, it's going to be great. Uh, we hope uh, it's going to produce the outcome we all uh, yearn for. Um, it's a Carlton home game, I believe. It is a Carlton home Great. game. So we're in the proper jumper. Yes, yes. And I, I'm pretty sure
1: I am right in saying that this is the week that we acknowledge our Indigenous. And particularly, uh, there's um, acknowledgement of Sid Jackson and the journey that Sid Jackson <laughs> yeah. made from Bunbury in Western Australia across to Carlton all those years ago. Um, you know, um, one of great, one of the great players for the current football club and a real trailblazer. He mm. and Farmer, yeah. you know, were, were amongst the first to um, really, uh, you know, make an imprint on on what era we're we talking. We're talking, uh, yeah. Polly came across, I think, in sixty yeah. two, and Sid came across the end of sixty seven, but couldn't get a clearance from his waffle club, and so actually stood out the sixty eight premiership year and was Ronald Albarassi's runner. Through oh, the 68 wow. and the 68 grand final. Yeah. So that was as close as he got. It, it was cruel. I made sure they got the clearance through beyond that. And, he, of course, he was there in 70 and 72. Yeah. So it um, been a great journey for Sid, you know, a, a fellow that grew up, I think, um, in, um, you know, he was taken away and grew up in an orphanage uh, in Western Australia mm. and, um, you know, um, really uh, lived through a period when it uh, did just – people weren't uh, given the vote, mm, yeah. I mean, it's, it's staggering to think yeah. how it was yeah. and, and how far Sid and the uh, Indigenous people have, have come, you know, mm. with uh, with the changing, quite rightly, of attitudes and, and legislation and
0: standards and...
1: Yeah. Morals and whatever. Whatever well, you like to say?
0: Yeah, great thing to honour next week. And Absolutely. you know, you look at all the great Carlton Indigenous players. Yes, uh, walks, of course. Yes, denied Mark of the year, but we yep. won't. You know, let's not let's not dwell on that. Um, Although well, um, well, it was
1: taken by the Indigenous player, if I recall, too, the was col- Cracker wasn't it? The Collingwood player, I think, was awarded Mark of the Year oh, that okay. year. So,
0: all right, so. That's one for the brotherhood. Yeah, indeed. Look, there have been many uh, great Indigenous players and they will be uh, rightly honoured this weekend. Certainly hope uh, Carlton can come away with. with well, I mean, what you I guess have to say would be an upset victory given North's form at the moment. Yes,
1: very true, Tony. Although you know, as we we alluded to with the competition, the way it is, is there any such thing as an upset anymore? Well, that's true. You I know? think it's
0: been a record for upsets this oh, year, oh, hasn't it? It, it has it's been, been you nightmare. Know?
1: Well, that, well, that's true. And it, if that happens, at what point does, is it no longer an upset? <laughs> I
0: don't,
1: <laughs> I don't know. Point. I don't know. You know, I, I would look at it, and, and I'm sure. The calm players would be, you know, giving giving themselves every chance of uh, taking the points in this one. They're not there to make up the numbers, you know. Mm. They're there to to win this contest, and um, and they will have taken a lot from the um, the the game in Western Australia. Let's hope they can um, bounce back and bounce back hard. And. Um, and take the points over, a, as I said, a, a genuine opponent in, in the uh, North Melbourne
0: team. I'm into that. Now, before we wrap it up today on the two tones, you've got a book there, Tony. Yes. You're, you're fresh from a launch. Oh, yes. Um, there, there's a photo on the dust jacket that would not fail to stir the heart of anybody who barracks for the old dark navy blue. Tell us about it. It's a photograph of uh, Alexander the Great, Alex <laughs> Jesalenko,
1: flanked by Wayne Johnston, Robert Klop and Percy Jones, walking triumphantly from the MCG oh. on grand final day 1979. Oh, of course, oh, that was is Alex it? Alex's last game for the Carlton Football Club, and indeed, yeah. Percy's. What a way to go out. Yeah. Um, and I had the great fortune, Tony, of attending the launch of this book, Larrikins and Legends, at uh, Percy Jones' pub today, the, uh, the Fitzroy Arms in um, Ray Street, uh, Fitzroy Yep Cast of thousands there uh, Mark McClure uh, Capably served As master of ceremonies And you name Those players From that era They were there Wayne Johnston Jim Buckley Mark McClure wow. Jeff Southby David Mackay David Parkin was there. Perce Jones we've alluded to. Warren Jones was there. Um, Alex Marku, you oh. could go on. Mike Williamson, the old commentator, the Channel 7 commentator, the man that called the famous Jezalinko Mark, oh, yeah. it was there. Oh, wow. It was magnificent to see so many great plays of, a, of an extraordinary era oh. under the one roof. And, and uh, you know, David Parkin alluded, alluded to the fact, Tony, that um, uh, the book was probably it should have been actually called Legends and Larricans. It got around the wrong way because he went back through that playing group over that four-year period mm-hmm. where Carlton won three premierships in that four years. Yeah. And he, he calculated that there were, I think, 27 legends, in his opinion, and only uh, eight <laughs> Um Jim Buckley would probably constitute a legend and larrikin, yes. but But uh, the great thing about this book is that it has been documented because the view of a lot who remember this this great era is that this Carlton group of players was sold short and have every right to be considered in the same breath as the, you know, those Brisbane teams of later yeah, on, a, the Geelong teams and the Hawthorne teams. Yeah. You know they, 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 The numbers stack up in terms yeah. of wins, losses, and really three premierships in four years uh, is a measure of, um, her, of their greatness. But above all, they were great blokes and they stuck together and um, at the end of the day... Despite what was achieved on the field, what they came away with are the friendships. And and you could see uh, by the numbers in the room of how well these friendships have endured and how well these blokes have bonded. So uh, it was a privilege to be there. And uh, Dan Eddy has done a great job in writing this book. We might even, with a bit of luck, get him in next week, Tony, to to talk about this particular era. era. Um, But all power to him. The book is on sale. I believe it's available at the Carlton shop. So... Any current supporters who, uh, who uh, like uh, to read about their premierships and have a bit of a chuckle with it mm. uh, could do no uh, worse than to get Larrikins and Legends.
0: Um, and we look forward to the next Larrakia and Legends book being written yes. uh, in years to come yes. after Carlton's next 3 Pete Excellent. Interrupted Couldn't by Richard. Anyway, um, <laughs> this has been the Two Tones. Thank you, Tony De DeBolfo. A pleasure to talk, Tony. Um, this is Tony Moakley signing off. Remember that game, the upcoming game against North Melbourne. It's the Round Ten clash, Sunday the twenty-eighth of May at Eddie Had at three twenty. Be there and support the boys. Two Tones signing out. Go Blues. Go Blues.